You right? Yeah, yeah. Just hot. It's warm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's warm. Mm. Had to be warmer as well. Like later on. Oh, yeah. right. Weekend's meant to be hot. Oh. Do you like the hot? Ah, I, I do. Yeah, to be fair. Like, I used to hate it. I, really I, regretfully admitting that you do enjoy something. Yeah, no, it's it's trying to it's it's trying to work out where I'm at now. Because I used to be like, no, oh, I fucking hate it when it's hot. I can deal with it when it's cold. But now I'm just... I think I, th- I think winters and stuff are just it, it just gets me and I like being outside now. You I can just... like like both hot and cold. It's not like yeah. So you can like I like the cold. I also like the hot. <laughs> but, I'm uh... I'm just enjoy I'm enjoying being outside, I think. Right. I right. spent a lot, I've spent far Yeah, time. outside in the cold you're not a big uh, a big proponent. Comp- pr- pr- I think that's a word. I've heard I people am. say. I when I when I was bigger I was fine. But yeah. since I, I, I dropped some weight, now I can't, just can't stop fucking shivering. Yeah, I never had a problem. Even when I was really lean. I don't know whether yeah. it's just all my hair or just life experience. Like, motorbiking, like, really puts temperature into perspective. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're riding a motorbike and, like, you're frozen. You're like, yeah. oh, this is what cold is. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> and people are like, this is cold. It's like, nah, it's not cold. It, it's a bit nippy. And you're just really mothered. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you just haven't been frozen to death. And I used to swim in, like, ice pools and stuff like that. Yeah. Pools that were so cold, I'd get brain freeze as soon as I got in. And I was just like, I... Yeah, I think I have a different appreciation for temperature. <laughs> Not that that makes me a better person. It's just like, I'm just like, when people are more used to the, the cold, as people yeah. would say. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Uh, even when I was like um, ridiculously skinny, it was just like, oh, no, this is fine. This yeah. is totally the, but cool. the other side of that is I can take the heat now a lot more than I used to be able to. I used right. to spend summers in my room with the fan on me. Like, okay. just, I can't go anywhere. I, everything just hurts. <laughs> like that kind of fucking and just you think that's because of the heat. size of your waist i th- i think uh i well it's not the, like the only, seclusion and the only correlation kind of. i've drawn is that when i was bigger i felt i felt warmer and i f- like and, and and i didn't feel the cold as much i think but you f- and when you got hot you uh, didn't but, want to go anywhere but but when it got hot i was much more susceptible to it i get worn out really quickly lethargic really quickly um, and I d- and I I don't get that nearly as much now. Yeah, never got lethargic from the heat really. No, only from sunburn. Yeah, you get like thing. the sunstroke thing. But I then think. I think yeah, again, just like different different life experiences as well. Like yeah, I'm find it really easy to cool down, but I'm, I'll happily walk naked anywhere. Yeah, so it's like you know, it's got no problem cooling off in whatever yeah. way. Um, but yeah, it's definitely been uh, been hot. I've got like a giant industrial fan where I work in my living room. So like (laughs) it gets so cold that it's like, it's nice and chill, but then you've got to remember other people live in this place. You have to have like bursts of just refreshment. (laughs) So it's like, all right, now I'm normal temperature. (laughs) (laughs) Slowly let it rise. Have conversations with other people. Just like I'm constantly using a vacuum cleaner, you just on my a, face. You need a like a chamber. You can a just chamber. Yeah, something something isolated, a bit more soundproof that you can just sit in and like a wind tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> I'm already slightly concerned that I might be a serial killer. <laughs> I've got a wind tunnel under my house. <laughs> 
Forget about basement dungeon. This is like, yeah. you just carve them into pieces and throw them in the wind. <laughs> <laughs> this is my splatter wall. <laughs> <laughs> That's the, breeze blocks. I don't really give much of a breeze. You couldn't make a wind tunnel out of breeze blocks. I don't know why they're called breeze blocks. I think it's just because they've got holes in them. But that's for structural yeah. purposes, not for... Well, breeze blocks are more for insulative purposes than anything. Yeah, maybe it lets warm air travel around. Maybe. Like a warm breeze. It permeates. A warm breeze. Breezes can't be warm. Yeah, they can. No, that's a gust. <laughs> <laughs> I have decided. <laughs> no, a breeze is cooling, right? A gust is always warm. I, I no, I go the well. You think a gust is cold, Steve? <laughs> I'd never thought of a gust as warm. I just thought of it as just sudden, like a breeze. Yeah. Breezes are sudden, aren't they? No, breezes. Breeze is just a constant kind of like. like they send you a letter. We come. We'll be in about twenty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. I've always thought of a gust as warm and a breeze as cool breeze will cool you down or a breeze will get you cold mm. whereas a gust you'll fly a kite on that <laughs> but it won't cool you down no but it will fly a kite <laughs> it will fly a kite um i've shaved my beard yeah i know yeah it's weird not i don't mind it i don't care i just wanted to know what it was like to wash my face with something other than like tracery just to refresh rather than yeah. like coming out of the shower full of bubbles yeah but no, i just want to Use my old, <laughs> my old 2006 face wash. <laughs> I'm sure it's so like still L'Oreal soaked. man, like wake up juice or whatever yeah. it was. And then like, yeah, use moisturizer and stuff like that just because it got too, too hot. And then it yeah. became like, oh, I don't want to shave the beard because I like the beard. I was like, well, you like your beard? <laughs> like, what, off. these arguments you're having with yourself? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Right, okay. Yeah, just, that's mainly what I, I do. I don't think anyone else cares. No. No, no one, no one else really cares about me, Steve. They just—I <laughs> don't mean like that. Just no, no. Just you go in your wind tunnel and shut the fuck up. <laughs> but yeah, like it got to a point where I was like, "Oh, it's hot. I feel like to shave my beard off now," so I shaved it off. And I'm just finding it weird how different people look at you. Like I go in custom because I, I joked about it before. About well, it, in fairness, you've had a beard for so long that it does look very different. Yeah, well, it, it, for a number of reasons. Like, like one, I, when we we went to the beach on Saturday and I saw the dog and I was like, where the fuck's Nick? <laughs> and there was like a rope from the dog I to did. me. <laughs> I was, because it's it's almost like, uh, what the fuck is it called? When you see the familiar, but it seems strange. I, I, there's, a, there's a word for it. But it was so um, part of the tongue that you fucking taste savoury with. Yeah, the umami. Yeah. Uh, the, the, uh, ver, oh God, it's a film to, it's called V effect, Ver, Ver Dung's effect or something like that. And it's God's like, it's, 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 I think it's a Brechtian thing. And you, like, you stayed at university for too long. <laughs> I think that's what this is. I'm sorry. Did I learn something? He's <laughs> learned too many things. I'm just like, why do you know these things? Oh, you know, when something seems familiar, but it's not very familiar. <laughs> what? <laughs> Well, I would go like a double take. Double, yeah, well, huh? What? That, yeah, well, yeah. That's, it's that kind of thing. But it's just like I well, I I saw you, and then I tried. I like I was just like, no, it's not Nick. Nick's got a beard. And then I tried to convince myself that it wasn't you, and then it turned out that it was. Yeah. But so I was trying to figure out what this guy was doing with your dog. <laughs> and you decided to approach with a warm greeting. Yeah. Hi. Hi. You've stolen my friend's dog. 
how did you accomplish such a thing? Yeah. And why did you think to come to this beat right now? <laughs> did you seal it just now? Yeah. yeah it was, it was, uh, it was weird. But then it's just like a minute later, it's just normal. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's just, yeah. I mean, it, it, I look very different for a number of things, number of reasons. One, my beard was pretty strong. Like it was like, it gr- went down to my chest. So it was like a pretty large part of my body anyway, of my facial structure. So like shaving it off was like, oh, there's like a whole another part of your neck. Never seen that before. (laughs) So just go for that. Um, But yeah, I'm 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 still like obese and stuff. So like the beard did cover up a lot of chin, cheek, neck kind of thing. And I quite like the whole, I mean, (laughs) I think I've done it once or twice when I was a bit more modern, right? (laughs) But you know when there's a whole thing about reinventing yourself? Yeah. And some people reinvent themselves, but like, well, now I'm going to stop shopping at TK Maxx, and I'm going to start shopping at Asda George. Yeah. And it's like a new look for them. <laughs> so they go like, if I wear Asda George, then, oh, life, you know, it's going to be different. Or now I'm going to wear my summer wardrobe. <laughs> or now it's time for the winter wardrobe, and winter me is all into mulled wine, or whatever. <laughs> perfectly normal thing i think out in the real world that people do they go through like seasonal changes spring cleaning i guess all these I, kinds I don't of have a different wardrobe like no. i've got i've got trousers and shorts and that's literally the only thing that changes yeah so am i wearing jeans or am i wearing shorts yeah like that's it you're always wearing hats always a woolly hat you can't to get be, cold you, to be fair i haven't been doing that for a since, in the since, hottest since part the of the year. Came. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I haven't been doing that whilst it hasn't been sensible I've, to do that. I've only been doing it in 90% of, of the temperatures of this year. <laughs> yeah. Which is good for me, you know, as that's yeah. progress. Well, the trouble is, I did it for so long. When I actually went without it, I like my head was so used to it that I felt unnaturally cold. And I've actually take, had to take some time acclimatising to not having this extra <laughs> layer on me permanently. Acclimatised to not wearing a woolly hat. Yeah. Because I have it on, I used to have it on all the fucking time. Yeah. Because you were cold, when or I, just because you just just because like that, that was your look. It was just it was just comfortable at that point. Comfortable to have something strangling your brain. Yeah, that's what hats yeah. are, people. Well, I took it off, strangling and then your brain. suddenly, fucking umami and ver from dungeon facts <laughs> and all these fucking words. Just... You had to keep all those words <laughs> under your hat. If I keep them there, I'll learn them. <laughs> But yeah, I think uh, people go through these checkpoints where like, they have this like, right, now I'm a homeowner, so now I'm going to be X, Y, Z. Now I go to the gym in the morning, so now yeah. I'm going to be doing X, Y, Z. Um, but I never really had any of that because I was just more morose. I get, not even morose. Morose feels like morbid. Um, but I was more just kind of accepting and like, oh, this is fine for me. I'm all right here. But shaving my beard has kind of forced me to be more motivated to kind of, this is a new like and that, that was the end of one chapter so start a new chapter and stuff like that oh yeah and swimming and stuff is uh, a lot more enjoyable or not or there's loads of things that are different experiences yeah. without a beard yeah so like swimming is yeah it's a really different experience and you know getting get like washing your face is a different experience all these different things yeah. i thought uh, so i've got I've, I've had a feeling of like ah oh, i can try some new things now that i've adopted this new kind of attitude yeah attitude but yeah i've joked before that if I shaved my beard, I think I'd lose most of my personality. And I think that was more like losing the uh, excuses for not doing other things. Yeah. It's like, I don't need to tone up my face. I've got a beard. <laughs> you know? Oh, I don't need to swim very hard because, oh, the beard hair will come out. Oh, you know, stupid excuses like that. Uh. But also just um, the the women that I attracted were all really into beards. Yeah. So I was like, well, if I get rid of the beard, then there'll be no one. <laughs> 
Yay. <laughs> so I was like, oh, you know, it's just, just, I wanted to do it because of the heat and then self argument. So I did it. Yeah. Um, but I was surprised at how differently pe- people avoid eye contact less when you don't have a massive beard, which kind of makes sense. Being a skinhead with a big beard. You, do, you, you, do, you definitely don't look as intimidating big. without a beard. Yeah, look younger. I, I, like I get the same thing when I take mine off because I'll mm. put, I'll put, put, put it on. I'll grow mine every every year. <laughs> I'll, I'll staple grow, mine on. I'll get, like I'll do, I'll do that kind of cycling with the season shit. I grow it through the autumn to the winter and then shave it in the spring. Like um, <laughs> I've done it for the past couple. So of you, years. So you don't yeah. have a wardrobe that you kind of do seasonally. No, you I do, just, do with your face. I grow my face. Yeah, let's <laughs> get more face. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I've been doing that for a couple of years. Um, and yeah, I, it surprises yourself after you haven't really seen your face for six months. It's like, oh, I forgot how I looked. That's how I look. Yeah. Um, but yeah, people, I don't know if I've noticed people treating me differently, but people like, yeah, but I think I'm, I'm definitely less hesitant to approach you. I'm somewhat, I'm not, I don't think I'm physically threatening. But I'm I'm big and tall, and I, yeah, I, I make crashing so, noises but... with each step. And, yeah. <laughs> I've, I I can't bag have of the... bones in my bag. So <laughs> I've brought my lunch. I can't really have a perspective on yeah. on what impression you make on people just because I've known you for fucking yeah, ages. You know they should feel incredibly threatened <laughs> <laughs> on your toes, people. <laughs> no, because the only experience yeah, yeah. That I have is just like, oh, he's just horrible to me. Like he's, I'm horrible to everyone, Steve. <laughs> everyone. Not when you meet them. <laughs> uh, no, I seem to remember you saying that you had to give warnings to all of your new uni friends mm-hmm. that when they met me that I'm just a bit aggressive. Did I? Yeah, they'd be like, Nick's a bit... I was like, yeah, but he he takes a while to warm to you. <laughs> really? Yeah, 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 for like campfires and stuff like that because people would pick up on... Like, I hated your girlfriend for two years. <laughs> <laughs> first time she like she i phoned you and she answered the phone yeah and i was like don't answer steve put steve on the phone <laughs> so i just wanted to say hey i don't care where's steve Have you, where where's steve <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i think it's more just you remember the the cuts to you a little bit more i guess whereas like yeah eventually i said vix is okay i sent her a text i think yeah i was like well done vix you're now accepted within the nick circle <laughs> we're now on friendship level two yeah or something like that <laughs> so yeah i'm horrible to most people but i've got a, it depends what environment i'm horrible in. to the homeless <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it didn't take me long to start competing with a homeless man <laughs> about the traumatic life that i never had yeah like, <laughs> Not in that way, anyway. <laughs> oh, you got punched in the face as soon as I was born. <laughs> what? Like, yeah, fuck you. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, I've got... It depends what kind of mood I'm in, but I'm genuinely a, so, a very sociable person, so I'll talk to anybody yeah. politely and friendly. But yeah, it's just certain certain things that if they're occurring kind of turn me again. I'm just like, no, just leave me alone. Just fuck off. Don't. I, I can't be asked to pretend to be friends with you. Yeah, Steve. No, no, it's general people. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, people just like even in the gym, people just like less avoiding eye contact, more kind of smiles and hellos, like normal yeah. people, which is kind of weird. It takes some getting used to. I'm already feeling a little bit Shang Tsung with um, my my life at the moment, which is like a, <laughs> I think an '80s reference to yeah. Mortal Kombat. 
I've, I remember the character. I don't really know what it's referring to. Uh, his, his whole thing was he would just absorb the souls of his enemies. Yeah. To, pr- I think to like and keep take them young. Their powers and, and yeah. Just yeah. like, you just, you just suck people's souls and he would benefit from it, that kind of thing. Yeah. So I kind of feel like from doing all these kind of nice things, I'm just kind of like absorbing niceness, like sunshine. <laughs> and then, and it's just like probably having an effect. <laughs> so it just but I feel like I'm kind of taking the niceness away from other people. Yeah. Cuz I don't genuinely feel very nice. <laughs> Some you know, most of the time it's just oh isn't that lovely? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Like, that's why I tried to watch Love Island. I was like, oh, you know, this is what this is what normal people watch. This is no, what people isn't. who like oh, no, this is nice. <laughs> yeah, but we're not, like I'm not normal, but you're like you're you I wouldn't say that you're the average person. Yeah. I think average people don't go to rock concerts. You know, okay. you know for example, I think average people don't watch Rick and Morty. You're on about the X Factor audience. Yeah, the, the, the average, like eight, sixty percent of people. I yeah. think, like the may the majority of people. So that means no alternatives, yeah. no nothing. Oh, I love like that. music. Take that, we're amazing. Yeah, it's that that kind of demo. I, I don't want to write them off as being like. Like I said before, I feel like my opinion of the world is starting to cement as I'm kind of, yeah, getting to like halfway through 30. And it's just like, yeah. I can just feel my, not prejudgment, but my opinion of things. I just, I find myself talking about things less because I've talked about them a million times already. Yeah. So if someone's having a conversation about X Factor, I'm just going to, don't care. Just, <laughs> I don't care. So I'm not going to engage. Yeah. And yeah. I just feel like that's somewhat, it's healthy in a lot of ways. But I think it's also you miss out on a lot of life experience if you start shutting down walls for yourself. Yeah. So I keep could... a window open. Don't keep the whole yeah. wall open, but yeah. keep a window open to kind of try and contribute something, try and understand it, that kind of thing. So yeah, Love Island. Yeah. Thought people love this. It's got a new series coming out in the summer, which I'm <laughs> going to try and follow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just to just as a social experiment, I can't be this angry all the time, right? That would that, you can't. It's already infuriated me. I've done two shit. episodes on Netflix. Well, there's no there's no good reason to, to do that. Oh well, yeah, but it's this experiment. You've got to figure out what the deal is with the rest of the world. You can't change I don't want to change the world, right? But I don't know. I'd want to have a greater understanding of it. That's the thing. This is my channel four documentary that's coming out soon. Nick tries to watch Love Island. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's so deep. But it's, yeah, there's just so, I, I want to. It's one of those things where I'm angry about it. It makes me angry, but I'm not 100 percent sure why. Right. So it's like, try, and, and what I enjoy is articulating my emotions effectively. So if I'm angry about something, I'd like to know why. If I'm happy about something, I'd like to figure out why. Not even like the 100 percent reason, but just to figure out what it is. Because the same with like, mu- it all started with music. If I heard a song that really hit me in an emotional way, and I didn't quite understand why, yeah, it was therapeutic and, and in- interesting to explore why, what was going on, what I was thinking, that kind of stuff. So yeah, the, the Love Island is just the new One Direction, and I'm no longer angry at One Direction. So because mm. I understand my frustrations with them, so let's like, oh, figure out what Love Island is. Yeah, and I think right, right my, since episode two of season one, mm. I think it's just the idea of these people are living in a permanent twelve-year-old mind. Yeah, of like the most important thing in the world is uh, walking into a nightclub of, of terrible, of whatever music. It doesn't matter what music. And the and a woman being attracted to you, it's just and it's just like how long can that live? <laughs> it's it. I'd I'd put it back to anything that you can relate 
to just meaningless gossip. Mm. Like that kind of shit. Like and, and it, like water cooler talk. Like what did you, did yeah. you see what happened on on such and such last night? Oh my god, did you see this on Coronation Street and all of that stuff and it's just like uh, if if there was something interesting going on in your life you wouldn't be talking about that. Yeah, and I'm, and there's loads of pop references that I don't get and I think that's another reason why I kind yeah. of want to enter into that zone again because I think that the benefit of like walling yourself off from stuff that you don't like or stuff that you find frustrating is helpful because you get less frustrated and you kind yeah. of evolve that kind of path. But I think that there's definitely a bonus to having a unique perspective on popular culture. Yeah. So I think I'd it's, it's good to, to keep an ear to the ground, but you don't need to obsess over it. Oh yeah. I'd never be obsessed. I'll just be enraged. <laughs> Two different things, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they just, they just, the, sh- the show, which I had no, I had no idea about the show. I just knew that people who liked that liked other type of shows. Yeah. So I kind of like, this is going to be horrible. But they just put men and women in beds, <laughs> and just that's it. Yeah. And the winner is I don't know who wins or how you win. It's kind of an elimination thing, but kind of not apparently. Mm. And it's just like, will these two fuck? Let's watch. And when I do that. You know, it's frowned upon. If I put cameras in someone else's house and just see, well, when's this going to start kicking off? People yeah. freak. But if you put it on national television and they properly film the sex scenes, it's like, what's the difference between this and fucking voyeurs? Yeah. <laughs> fucking ridiculous. Yeah. So, yeah, going to try and figure, oh, you know, what did Malik say? What did Shane say? Ugh. All these stupid names that I don't know. I don't know anybody called these names. No. <laughs> did an alien name out of that. <laughs> Fuck it, but yeah, I think it'd be interesting to try and do that. But but, but yeah, by trying to find the enjoyment people have for things that I don't enjoy, kind of feel like I'm soaking up their enjoyment to kind of Shang Tsung it. <laughs> Nick Shang Tsung in it. <laughs> Make that a hashtag. Nick went to go see Frozen. Hashtag Shang Tsung in it. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah. that's my life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> In the news, um, a very sober man dialed 911 because he was being followed home by a pig. <laughs> <laughs> the unnamed walker was strolling through the steech, the strolling through the streets and the steech of North Ridgeville, Ohio at roughly half five in the morning when a pig started following him. U.S. radio station NPR reported that the dog, the hog, is called Zoe and weighs 50 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> and often stalks people in where, the morning. Where, yeah. <laughs> North Ridgeville Police Department posted on Facebook that a man was being followed by a pig and didn't know what to do. In a tongue-in-cheek post, the force added a pig. Yeah, right. <laughs> As in, like, assuming that he was, like, high. And was just imagining being chased down the streets by a pig. Uh, the, department, the police department joked that when officers responded to the call, they expected to find an obviously drunk guy who was at least drunk enough to call the police while hallucinating. But the officers were surprised to find a very sober man. <laughs> <laughs> very sober. It's just, he's just a sober, he's just a normal guy. He's yeah. half five in the morning, he's just walking around. No, you're, you're too sober for this. <laughs> A very sober male walking eastbound on Centre Ridge near Maddock Road from the actual Amtrak station in Illyria, not the bar. 
It's a bit of inner reference there that no one's going to get, but I don't get either. No. Police operations officer Captain Marty Garrow told NPR the pig was nudging the person because it wanted to be petted. <laughs> How is he supposed to know that? <laughs> I'm just being shoved by a pig. <laughs> oh, yeah, sure you are. Sure you are. I'm very sober. <laughs> no, you're not. But, what, yeah, I mean, I've because I've been in a similar situation, not with a pig, but with two dogs by a wasteland, an industrial, like, wreckage of a site in, in um, South London, where I walked home. I used to work in um, uh, the O2 um, in North Greenwich, and I used to walk home. And when you walk home out the O2, because it's like a new development, mm. there's some new housing, but there's loads of just, like, just industrial wasteland, because it's yeah. just, like, nothing's been built here yet, because it's still building yeah. up. And as I was walking home, like one night, say like two, three in the morning, just like two stray dogs kept on following me in single file. <laughs> so we were just like walking down the road, like the Beatles crossing a fucking yeah. zebra crossing. <laughs> and it, it, these dogs kept on following me. And every time I turned around, I, I, I turned around to see them and they kind of like scatter and I'd see if they wanted anything to eat or whatever. Um, then they started competing with my childhood and telling me that, you know, their childhood was more traumatic than mine. I was like, <laughs> fuck you, stray dogs. <laughs> <laughs> No, they, uh, they start, every time I turned around to like walk, they just came right behind me and were like walking behind me. So I was like, oh, stray dogs, might attack, whatever. I didn't know yeah. what to do. So I was like, oh, should I call somebody? I was like, call the, you know, RSPCA or some kind of dog control. Yeah. But then it, then by, the, as soon as I started like Googling how to do that, they kind of scarpered. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> Quick, he's using Google. <laughs> Google has all the answers. Run away from the truth. <laughs> But yeah, I wouldn't, I'm not sure if you call the police over it, but people call the police over city. What was it? Someone called the police over not enough cheese on their pizza. Yeah, so yeah I imagine ridiculous shit like that. Call the police. I'm not sure if I've heard that in the UK. I, do, but I, think I imagine it is the same. I, people I, are people. I've, um, I think we've, well, I, I used to, there was a farm dog that used to follow me home from like somewhere down the road. We only found mm-hmm. out it was down the road afterwards. Um, but we used to call like the non-emergency number to find out whose dog it was and stuff and they're fine with it like I, think, I guess they're used to that kind of shit yeah um, well I've met some stray dogs quite recently as well actually but um, since what? having a do- <laughs> how's it going <laughs> no but like yeah there was these two dogs no collars sniffing around outside my house and going up and down the road and I was surprised actually that I just would not take them in yeah because because I have a dog yeah, yeah it's, it's like I don't want to let stray dogs in with my dog because dog fights injuries you know all these kind of things if i didn't have a dog i'd be more than happy to do it yeah but yeah there was definitely a weird side of me that was like i don't trust these dogs or the owners who let them out but then there's always a random stray dog around my area it's a bit of a rough area there's so many fucking people that like i don't understand this at all they let their dog out like it's their cat yeah, they just yeah. fucking open the front door and be like, "Yeah, see you in a few hours." <laughs> like, this, this, you're fucking insane. That depends. Like, I, I was trying to think because um, some people have their dogs not in the UK that I know of. Let their dog sleep outside, and it's like that seems I couldn't do that. A lot of farmers do it. Yeah, and that, that, that's the thing. That's the thing that I realised. I was watching a Louis Theroux documentary, and I saw someone doing it. It's like, oh, if you've got like a lot of land, yeah, where like you're kind of isolated, yeah, yeah. Sure, not it's less likely someone's going to come over and punch a dog in the face. Yeah. Less cars, 
you know, if it's bad weather, you probably have some kind of thing to let them in. If you've well, got enough, normally like stay in a barn or yeah, something, something like that. Like some that. a bit more accommodating than just like one of those old cartoony dog yeah. houses. And it's like it's oh, not okay, like they don't get human attention because once the farmer's up for like yeah. fourteen hours or whatever, the dog will be with him all fucking day. Yeah, so I can understand if you've got that kind of acreage just to kind of let your dog out and just let it roam. Um obviously if you know it's going to come back all that kind of stuff yeah but yeah there's people who do it like again it's somewhat to do with kids i think like kids looking after dogs that is kind of stupid and yeah let the dog out and the dog kind of freaks out because i've been walking around like these national trust parks with stray dogs around yeah that i've kind of like gone to try and uh comfort and figure out where they are figure out what's going on and when i kind of approach them they kind of um figure out and they run back home and you hear like people from the house going oh zachary where have you been yeah you're like you just <laughs> let your dog out into the street it's just there's cars man yeah. there's cars there's innocent people all dogs are lovely but they can be fucking weapons so like you need yeah. to somewhat figure out how not to... like my do- <laughs> my dog's so big and she doesn't know how to play with dogs of different sizes yeah so yeah. like she'll go and like because she'll play with some big dogs and then she'll turn around to a small dog and play with a small dog like a big dog <laughs> and the little dog will freak the fuck out <laughs> <laughs> which is fine but it's like yeah you gotta go like we had a few moments at the beach where i was like did something just happen it's like no yeah. no she just charged ran towards yeah. playfully and yeah the, the other dog kind of the little dogs were all right with her that fucking boxer yeah there's a horrible was, boxer dog yeah but i like boxers but i think it's just a uh, dog you don't know tries to take your shit away, I guess. Even, no, but even, well, I think that that's just symbolic of like, they just didn't train, raise the dog right, you know? Yeah. The dog has, ter- is territorial about its tennis ball. Yeah. Like, no, you need to figure out how to stop doing that because what happens if you have a baby and the baby takes the tennis ball? Oh, <laughs> baby gets yeah. bitten in the face. Well, shouldn't have took his tennis ball. <laughs> <laughs> We did tell you. That was that was the problem. You've been living with him for eight months now. <laughs> yeah. You can't talk, but you can understand. <laughs> Don't touch the dog tennis ball. Um, in other news, a while ago, Florida had a big thing about accidentally sending out... No, was it Hawaii, wasn't it? Sent out a mass text <laughs> yeah. saying imminent nuclear death or something yeah. like that. Well, Florida did something similar <laughs> recently. Um, falsely sending out a zombie alert. <laughs> <laughs> uh, city administrators appeared to send a text alert to all residents around quarter to two in the morning. <laughs> Sunday that read power outage and zombie alert for residents of Lake Worth and Terminus. <laughs> There's people all over this state of Florida receiving a text from the government <laughs> at quarter to two in the morning. <laughs> Saying zombie. <laughs> <laughs> Quick, get a gun. It's a fucking mass hysteria. What would you do? You know, there's, would you react the same way if the government texted you about an imminent missile attack or a imminent, you know, the zombies are here? Um. Because it's from the government. You have, you have to, that's, that's you're somewhat, kind of meant to take it seriously, aren't yeah, you? Yeah. It's probably legally bound for you to take it seriously. Yeah, but they haven't given you any specific instruction, have they? <laughs> About the zombie apocalypse. Yeah. Like, uh, there's zombies. All right, what do you want me to do? There's just zombies. 
just just giving you a heads up. Yeah. <laughs> we haven't figured it out yet. So just to let you know. Yeah, just don't... If you see someone biting someone, just don't do it. They might be vampires, yeah. but they're probably zombies. Yeah. That's what we think of them. Lock your doors. Go upstairs. Have a good night. <laughs> the text uh, went on to read... Oh my god! The text went on to read... There are now far less than 7,380 people due to extreme zombie activity. Who sent this? <laughs> Hi, just letting you know, there's less than 8,000 people because they've all been (laughs) eaten by zombies. (laughs) Well, a few hours ago, there were 300 million of us. (laughs) (laughs) It's 8,000. Good luck. We waited this long to text you. Um, the alert, uh, that's what the alert read, in all capital letters and in red. <laughs> you could text in red? The government can. <laughs> uh, power was out in the city of Lake Worth for approximately 27 minutes for 7,880 customers of those power companies, I'm guessing. However, Ben Kerr, the city's public information officer, assured residents... I want to reiterate that Lake Worth does not have any zombie activity currently and apologise for the system message. <laughs> Just to be clear, there's no zombies, and I'm sorry for saying there's zombies. <laughs> right, if, if if in that situation you were told there were a load of zombies, mm. could you get away with looting? I think you could. <laughs> I think you'd have a good case for it. If the government's told you there's fuckloads of zombies about... You don't care if you see any of them. You've received official messages from the government <laughs> to say there's loads of people and you fuck off to gather supplies. And you're not going to worry about paying and everything because most of the country's dead. <laughs> <laughs> you're part of, you are now the 1%. <laughs> if that exactly. so fuck Just loot all the stores and everything and be like, well, he, the government said yeah. there were zombies. No, but it's always really weird like that, isn't it? I remember when I was um, uh, like 16, 17, I worked in like a supermarket and there was a fire alarm. No one told us there was a test fire alarm, but a fire alarm went off. So I think me and a friend like kicked open some fire exit doors and started calmly getting people out of the building. Yeah. And then, man, what the fuck are you doing? Managers (laughs) came up to us saying, and it was like, there's a fire. No, there isn't. (laughs) Well, can you not hear the oh, 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 <laughs> of you know collapsing seals yeah. warning them, everyone about about fire? <laughs> like, it's a drill. All right. Well, what do you want us to do in this drill? Evacuate or not? <laughs> no. So you want us to practice burning alive? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Fair enough. So even in that clear cut case of no, you should evacuate. You should do these things. Because the your authority kind of told you yeah. that this is what you should do. I imagine people would still be pissed. And if you broke into a gun shop at two in the morning, I don't know what the security's like on a gun shop. I imagine it's protected Quite by high. guns. Yeah. <laughs> just like guns with strings through the triggers, just on like pressure steps or whatever. <laughs> Why not? They've got loads of them lying around. Might yeah. as well just make gun traps. Um, right, so I think... Because it's, maybe I'm misinterpreting the way it's written, but city administrators sent the text alert. Now, city administrators feel like that's part of the government. That's a high authority as far as the layman's concerned. Feels like a government. Yeah. They administrate the city. 
Yeah. Isn't that not what a government does? Well, there'll be a branch of the of the government. District, but then you've got that right? eight thousand number, and they're saying that eight thousand customers um, were out of power. I think so. It was like a specific power company that wasn't that got blown out or whatever. I've, could have been, could have been handled better. Put it that yeah, way. yeah. Um, I'm going to try just saying this article as it is. Um, but then I think I'm going to try and explain what I found funny. A man apparently exasperated by police officer's decision to place a wide cordon around a suspicious package was bundled to the ground when he breezed right through it and tipped out the bag's contents. So there was like a bomb threat. Yeah. There was a suspicious bag with a bomb in it. And a cyclist disagreed with cordoning it off. So he just cycled in. <laughs> and just like... Em- and meanwhile, this is after someone's moved the bag in a bomb suit. Yeah. So like in that massive Hurt Locker suit. Yeah. Just waddling. And all these people just like long ranges. He just cycles in and just fucking, you know, slaps it about. He's like, it's not a fucking bomb, is it? <laughs> just the, just the hurried cries of the guy from inside the suit. Like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Uh, the cyclist bypassed bright yellow police tape, bright yellow police tape, <laughs> during a tense investigation by Milwaukee police and was promptly tackled by the floor, by, tackled by several officers. I'd love to see a guy tackled off a bike. <laughs> the drama took place at an intersection um, in downtown Milwaukee on Monday. Police being called to the suspicious package placed on top of an electrical box shortly before 7am. In the video, the man can be seen jumping off his bike next to the bag, which local media reported was moved by a bomb suit guy, before picking it up and pulling out various items. Inside the black backpack appeared to be a water bottle, clothing, a padded mat, and smaller items like pens and a notepad. The cyclist, dressed in a black hat, black jacket, and grey trousers, is seen to slam the bag back down in apparent disgust before throwing his arms in the air. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So like... <laughs> At first, I thought this was just a crazy person yeah. who was like, that during a bomb defusal, yeah. just some guy just cycles by, rubbishes through it, and is like, see, there's no fucking bomb, <laughs> slaps <laughs> on the floor and throws his hand up. Like, what the fuck are you guys doing? I just did your job in five minutes. <laughs> but I think he was just upset about waiting in traffic. <laughs> like, I think... It was just, it was cordoned you know, off in an intersection, and he yeah. just wanted to get by. Oh, right. Okay, so, so he, he wasn't was like, going for the bag. I think or... he just wanted people to hurry up. Oh. So he was like, <laughs> that's all it was. Come on. Yeah, so he just like went up and like, it's not a bomb. <laughs> he just like emptied all the contents, chucked the bag on the floor, <laughs> and was like, what up? <laughs> Uh, local media said police had not released further information about the incident. None appeared on Milwaukee poli- police's Twitter or Facebook accounts or was posted on its website. <laughs> so they were kind of like, mm, well, maybe, you know, <laughs> he, he did it. It's fair enough. Admittedly, don't do that if you see a potential bomb. Yeah. <laughs> don't just, you know, punch it. Don't kick. spike it. <laughs> <laughs> and don't get upset if people are trying to defuse it and make sure it's okay. Yeah. But I guess the police were so lost for words. <laughs> well, this should bring him to all the bomb defusals. Eventually, it'll be entertaining. <laughs> Just being sat in traffic with a bomb in front of you. And yeah. being like, fuck this. I've got to get to yoga. <laughs> Getting home to his, to his house. Oh, I've had a day. <laughs> fucking bomb disposal tried to fuck me over. I did the job for him. Now I'm home. 
<laughs> Maybe what he did was illegal. I mean, tampering with a potential bomb. I don't think you're meant to cross police lines. I think Not if they're bright illegal. yellow. <laughs> <laughs> Just mentioned along with his clothing. But fair enough. Um, my last article is a weird... No, oh, no, it's not my last article. A 30-year-old man has been ordered to move out of his parents' home by a court following a legal battle. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, so this guy, I won't read the whole article because it's quite long, but the basic basic idea of the article is, um, yeah, this guy moved back in with his parents eight years later. They asked him to leave. He said no. You know, he's not paying any rent. He's not contributing to chores or anything like that. And they asked him to leave. Then they started sending him formal letters, like legal letters, (laughs) posting it to someone they lived with. (laughs) But they're trying to get him to leave. And he still said no. Yeah. So then they took him to court. And the judge was like, why won't you leave? And he's like, well, legally, I need six months notice to leave. Like, and the judge was like, not from your parents' house, you douche. <laughs> you have no contract with whatever. So, yeah, like, fucking just get out. But he was saying that, yeah, his parents were just not giving him enough time to get himself together to kind of move. And it's like, well, he's lived there for eight years. Yeah. And I think there is there is genuinely this kind of... I've noticed it a little bit of kind of people who just are so incapable of taking care of themselves that they just it becomes that it becomes their main intention is to fight against anybody telling them what to do yeah so if even if someone's giving some if you're trying to give someone good advice their their default setting is to like yeah but that doesn't apply to me yeah the same way that you kind of have like if you're trying to break a habit or if you're addicted to anything mm. you kind of justify it in your own head yeah i yeah. think people are addicted to not helping themselves or not being productive that kind of thing you know, it's just like oh, any um, excuse to kind of provoke it, which is something we. It's all kind of, of a. It's I, I. don't know. I think it's. I think it's partly the way a lot of people are wired, and it's partly to do with the culture. Um, there's there's a hell of a lot of kind of victimhood going on to the yeah. point where a lot of other people are willing to justify your lack of action. But the victimhood aspect is weird because if you're a victim of something you seem to want to be more prepared to prevent this from ever happening again but there's another and that's like an idea that's of strength a, of being a, a, a victim. genuine victim yeah and then there's this idea of i think the idea of victimhood is more they want to use being a victim as an excuse not to do anything well they want other people to change the climate for them yeah i reckon that might be something like something that happens in parallel with it like, so I think the victimhood thing is just wanting to just like, I don't want to deal with this. I shouldn't have to deal with this. Yeah. And then it becomes like, yeah, how entitled do you feel to other people yeah. acting towards you is like kind of another thing. But yeah, I think there's definitely kind of, I don't know about the whole wide world or whatever, but yeah, there's definitely a thing of just people just don't know or don't want or don't know how to, um, yeah, to help themselves in a lot of situations, which is fine because everyone needs to learn these things. But there's a weird kind of attitude to, Instead of focusing on yourself, you focus on debunking other ideas that might help you. Yeah. You know, it's more of a, your energy is, you're spending more energy in rejecting improvement Mm. than looking for improvement. Yeah. Which is, again, it's probably like a normal thing. That's the idea of this podcast is we fucking had so (laughs) many ideas that we just don't do. And it's all just like, we spend more, more time and energy not doing the things that we want to do 
than doing the things that we want to do. Yeah. So I think everyone's kind of got it. But yeah, when it comes to like certain things, I think uh, certain core survival instincts, I think it's just kind of like, just, yeah, learn how to look after yourself. Learn, after, learn how to look after money. Learn how to do these things. Yeah. Learn how to cook. Learn how to shop. What do you do if you break your leg in a field? All that kind of stuff. It's yeah. Just like, no, just figure it out. You but should, people get yeah. stuck in this perpetual tornado of lack of helping yourself. Yeah, you should have that kind of nailed down. But I think um, a lot of people are really quick to put that kind of attitude on um, millennials, which would be us, I guess. And mm. I suppose I, I, I don't know if I notice it differently from one generation to the next. I think just some people are like that and some people aren't. But if I had to try and figure out if if it is more prominent in millennials, if I had to try and figure out why, it would be that we all went to fucking university and really you're not responsible in university. You have this person, this body is giving you money that you are then supposedly learning with, but mo- a lot of people aren't. And you spend a lot of time just kind of living in this bridge between that's halfway between reality but and halfway. I think halfway. it becomes before that because I, for me, university was about um, looking after yourself was about because i never had anybody like helping me or doing anything like that so it was always very much this is time for money management this is where i need to start going to the gym going to the doctors doing yeah. this kind of stuff and i think that that idea of self-sufficiency mm. was um in my head way before you and that was the thing i looked forward to uni for which is probably why i ended up doing that kind of self-sufficiency yeah. stuff <laughs> But yeah, I guess you could say maybe people get too many bursaries or too many things that they just spend on drinking and mm. all that kind of stuff. And it's just like, yeah, I just I, think I bought a couple of motorbikes. Yeah. And was like, oh, I'll have a motorbike because it's cheaper than a car and it's financially responsible and it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to do this. Um, but yeah, I, I see it the same in arguments, which is why <laughs> another reason why I find uh, maybe another way to describe why I think I'm frustrating to argue with is I'm not emotionally invested. So if you want to talk about anything, I don't care. I don't care about that. There seems to be like, oh, you're going to talk about that now. Like, uh, think of something that might be conscious. Say, um, uh, uh, equal pay, right? So say um, equal pay was brought up. There are people who would be like amped up and be like, what? You don't think women should be, you know, uh, paid the same? And then you have another person on the opposite side saying, yeah, but you're looking at that data differently. Why can't you see the data for what it is? Mm. And uh, there's there's this, I'm trying to articulate the energy. It's just kind of, it's not quite frustration, but I guess it is. It's just, yeah, it's frustration or a feeling of unjustness that they want to, they're frustrated with the person presenting the argument. Yeah. So they kind of be like, yeah, why Why do you hate women? Why don't you look at the statistics? The thing and I'm just in the middle of being like, well, yeah, but this. I think this is where everyone's coming from and this is what's yeah. going on. People don't distance the person from the facts or the person from the idea. Like, mm. um, so I, if, you, if you're having an argument with someone, you are, you're, you're a vessel for an idea that you're mm. putting across. But people um, take the idea and consider that the embodiment of you. In which case, when you're making an argument, they then take it personally, like as in a personal affront, because you believe differently to them, when in Mm. actual fact, all you're doing is just putting this stuff into the air and seeing what happens. I I definitely think there is that of like, uh, yeah, not being able to dissociate the discussion from the person. But I think there's also this idea of getting emotionally attached to the ideas, which again is kind of natural. 
but when it's meant to be a, like an open-ended idea of discussion, mm. I find it weird for people to like, like say uh, th- in that example, it'd be like, you know, um, women do get equal pay. These fucking idiots don't know what they're talking about. And there's that, mm. there, there, there's a weird frustration about the idea of something else. Yeah. And I, I just find it, I just, <laughs> it's just like, it's just don't care. It's just like, no, but mm. You don't need, don't be angry about that. Don't be emotionally attached about that. Just we'll yeah. talk about it and see what goes on. Yeah. But I, so I find that idea of fighting instead of helping yourself in that example by learning more about it or articulating mm. it better. I think people are just more encouraged or more naturally leaning towards causing an argument yeah. or having a fight about whatever based on something else yeah instead and instead of just and and the and the unresolved issues i think is the word i'm trying to look for is what the energy feels like yeah like if there's someone yeah trying to argue against somebody about something they don't fully understand it's just like yeah. well it's, it's, like, it's nah, also sure. like people are people are really willing to cordon you off from certain arguments because of who you are or how you are or whatever i was i was having this i was, I was involved in this fucking massive stupid thread on facebook this week because um, did you hear this shit about Kendrick Lamar? No. So I know Mark Lamar. Is it the same? No, he's some kind of he's he's, he's a rapper, and admittedly, I don't know his work because I, I just I don't care. Yeah. It's not my kind of stick. Um, but he's got a, I've got it up. I think he got a song called Mad City. Mad. Mad. The C, C is mad. M A A D C. Um, okay. And uh, the so the the the, the chorus. Drops. The C stands for slavery. <laughs> the, cor- the chorus <laughs> drops the N-word four times, like once at the end of each line. There's four lines. And um, he invited uh, a woman up on stage, just a fan from the crowd, to sing the song with him um, or to sing the song for him. Like he was just like back out and like kind of let her kind of go ahead. And she was white. And she sang the sang the chorus to this song, dropping the N word at the end of it, uh, each of it. And then he stopped her, being like, "You you need to bleep that out. You need to you need to not do that. You need to radio edit yourself singing my song." Yeah. And then uh, and then he w- went to the crowd and be like, "Oh, w- what do you guys think? Should she carry on?" And and he got the, all the fucking crowd started booing her. And then he sent her off stage. And it's like, <laughs> dude, you 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 wrote this song. <laughs> you pulled a white woman up on stage to sing this song, knowing that you would be offended if she said the <laughs> N-word. So why do it? <laughs> you brought up an audience member hoping she would sing a different song. Yeah. What? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's it, it's it's and it became this ridiculous shit about oh white people can't say the N-word or anything. It's just like I, I, I understand that, but you're having a completely different argument there. <laughs> he asked a woman to sing a song and she sang a song and, and he vilified her for it. Mm. Like, all she's doing is exactly what he's asked her to do. Yeah. And, but people can't, couldn't see past that whole white women, white people can't say this word shtick. It's yeah. like, dude, half of the fucking audience are white and they were singing it along with him and you're going to bitch about this one person that was doing it on stage after he'd asked her to do it <laughs> like it's it was it was fucking stupid like it's it's worth looking into because it seems to split a lot of people down the middle but in fairness i have seen a lot of support from black people being like this is a complete fucking setup like the the, the, the like right. it's it like it's almost As in like he it, knowingly did it yeah like it try. could be a publicity stunt or like that kind of thing or anything like that but it's like and weirdly i've seen more white people defending him than i've seen than than the other way around 
Like, I've seen more white people defending him and how white people shouldn't say it than I have seen black people uh, being... um, than I have seen black people defending him. Like it's 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 a it's this weird thing of of um of of like it's it's I guess it's it's that white guilt thing that people always fucking go on about, which I I don't really have. Well, I guess it's the I kind of feel it's the thing I was talking about, which is just like they're just so they've got so many unresolved issues that's kind of bubbling out of yeah. them that they just want to jump on anything yeah. to attack it yeah. or defend it. That's the thing. I, it's like, like, I, I wasn't having an argument about the whether white stuff. people should be able to say this. I was having an argument about he shouldn't have fucking done it in the first place. Like, it's... it's it's it, the two completely separate arguments, but yeah. you just want to get your point across, and you've attached this one to me, and it's like so. I, I can't really do anything at this point because now you've painted me as this guy that thinks all white people should be able to say the n word. It's like that's completely not the point at all. <laughs> it's, but yeah. it's just yeah, that's the thing. I just sit in the middle, but like, the whole thing's just daft. Why is everybody so angry? Who cares if someone yeah. said a word? If, if somebody. You know, someone of the wrong race, according I, to you, yeah, it's, you know, decided to say a word. <laughs> that's the thing. It's like that whole argument. It's I'd my whole thing has always just been like context is king. If you're quoting somebody, and yeah, even like even then, it's just like the whole thing is daft. Like, yeah, even, forget forget it was the word nigger. Forget think it was the word bleach. Yeah, she said bleach. Like, all right. <laughs> And are you are you really angry? Why are you angry? Well, she's not allowed to say it. Why isn't yeah. she allowed to say it? Yeah. Well, because you know racism. What you think she was being racist? Yeah. Okay. Cool. How was she being racist? Because she said a word. That's what being a racist is. <laughs> yeah. I thought racist was like violence. Yeah. And, you know, like prejudice and all, yeah. all these horrible things. Like you just have to say one word and you become <laughs> a racist. This whole thing is insane. <laughs> But it's just that whole, yeah, it's that weird energy of just like, I think of just, I'm at peace, I've, I've got my demons, but I'm at peace with them, so I just yeah. don't, while they do bubble and boil, or, you know, gr- angry gorilla demons, I think I called them, Yeah, like, I'm able to kind of channel them into a productive place, is that's what I'm thinking it might be. Yeah. It's the same thing when you come across um, uh, groups of men and, and some of them want to be the alpha male. Yeah, like, it's a kind of a natural thing. It kind of happens, but you and there are naturally leaders and followers. But I think that I just kind of, I'm not trying. I'm not egotistical, but I think it's just I feel like people who try their hardest to be the alpha male mm. feel like they've got the most to prove, and I feel like a true alpha male is just doesn't really care about what what's going so, on with stuff. I always considered it someone who's just confident. Like, yeah, there's just confidence like, fit into stuff. And I have out. to. Whatever it's confidence is, I will fit into whatever situation yeah, there is. If you went out on a night out and there was a like a, a lamppost on the floor and there were like three guys like I can lift that lamppost, <laughs> that doesn't mean that they've got something to prove. Yeah, and I think that's the same thing with these kind of things where they're jumping onto stuff or they're, you know, yeah, in that example where they're jumping on a thing, they've got something to prove to themselves or to the world, and it's just like you either by default care too much about what the world thinks. Yeah. Or you attach way too much value to yourself in relation to the world that I just see, yeah, I just, I can't, I don't have that need to prove something. I don't have that value system on the world. Yeah. And then, yeah, outside of it, just having people wanting to fucking rebel against something instead of dealing with the situation properly. I mean, just to jump quickly back to that story, like his parents, um, we've got him evicted. Like they offered him like, I think a grand 
to mm. be like, we'll give you a thousand dollars. I think one thousand one hundred dollars to go out and find a place to live. Yeah. No, you're, you're not legal. It's not. You know why you, all yeah. that energy that you're spending at fighting other people trying to help you. Yeah. Could be. Yeah. Could be it's better a, spent it's on a bizarre yourself. Thing. Why do you want to live with people default. who don't want you there? Well, that's the thing. Yeah, he's trying to force them into some kind of parent-son happy relationship. Yeah, and it's like, no, you're, and and that's, but he's doing that by abdicating his responsibility and saying, you need to have to let me live here because you're my parents and you're meant to love me. Yeah, that I imagine is the kind of energy yeah. that's kind of going on. It's like just, ac- just accept that you can look after yourself and start looking after yourself. Yeah, you don't need to be dependent on other people all no. the time. Yeah. Um, there's one other article I wanted to quickly jump through, which is of a crazy woman. Okay. Everyone loves a crazy woman. Yeah. But the thing that has been going on about this, I've heard some podcasts talk about it coincidentally, and they kind of say, this woman is mentally ill. Like, it shouldn't be treated as if this is just some crazy woman. Okay. But I think it's important. That I don't think she's mentally ill. I think she's mentally disturbed. Right. And there's a, I, think, I, think, I find it interesting that I think there is a difference there. Yeah. So I think mentally ill implies that you're kind of disabled in some way, kind, you of, can't kind of from function. birth. Yeah. Yeah. But this, you, there is a similarity in that with being mentally disturbed, but it kind of feels that mental, mentally disturbed is kind of more from you've brought, not brought it on yourself, but it seems to be more a, 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 a sum of life experience yeah. that's kind of made you. Yeah. Like, so it's not off. a definable illness. Yeah. But yeah. it kind of feels like, yes, this person is mentally disturbed, but. Yeah, she shouldn't be treated as someone who's disabled. She should be yeah. treated as someone who needs help, but not quite disabled. It's weird. Um, an Arizona woman accused of sending 65,000 text messages to a man she met online said she thought she'd met her soulmate. Right. I shouldn't have prefaced it with all the horrors. <laughs> but there you go. Paradise Villa arrested Jacqueline AIDS. <laughs> so it's the first time I said her name out loud and I think if AIDS is sending you 65,000 messages your life is pretty surreal um, 31 today on suspicion of stalking and harassing a man she met online uh, she flooded his phone with threatening text messages began stalking the man last summer shortly after meeting him through a dating website and the dating website was one of those millionaires only kind of websites <laughs> right? which is where men and women who have a certain amount of wealth are met with the, the, their partners who are looking for somebody with a specific amount of wealth, mm. which I've always found very strange. You're sure to find the person of your dreams on that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very, and I've seen on like average dating sites, solid, honest relationships. In the past, like match.com is like, he needs to earn over 60,000 pounds. Yeah. Well, it's you like, need I to fuck off. I think you're looking for a paycheck. I don't think yeah. you're looking. And again, I can understand if that's your lifestyle of yeah. like holidaying four times a year or whatever, you would want to meet somebody who also has an idea of traveling, going abroad four times a year. But it's weird that you use money as a, as a measure of that. Yeah. Because an, an, a homeless man can go traveling four times a year. Yeah. It's like, you know, it doesn't have to be why that it's weird that you equivocate money to a specific look or personality. Yeah. Seems strange. Um, she quickly fell in love with a man. She says, I feel like I've met my soulmate and I thought we would just do what everyone else did and get married and everything would be fine. Um, she sent him around 500 texts a day, to which she replied, um, and 65,000 in total, to which she replied, 65,000? That's it. To me, it seemed like more. Well, <laughs> love is an excessive thing. <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> 
When a reporter asked whether AIDS recognises that uh, sending thousands of text messages seemed threatening, AIDS responded that love is not perfect. It's not perfect, is it? I mean, it's just... Changing number. An avalanche of of, of numbers of, of text. Yeah. I love him, she said. Paradise Valley Police said in a separate statement that the man called the department last summer when he found her parked outside his home and they had to escort her off the property. Huh. Police said uh, aides began sending threatening text messages after the incident, including multiple death threats, which included, oh, what I would do with your blood, I'd want to bathe in it. <laughs> was an example listed in court documents. Bear in mind, oh, uh, uh, bear in mind with that, she wants to bathe in his blood. She also got found uh, bathing in his house. Oh. He was abroad. Wow. Like she just broke into his house and took a bath. <laughs> <laughs> While sending a message saying, I want to bathe in your blood. Jesus. Uh, she also referenced herself as the new Hitler. Don't know why. Yeah, that's what that's the bath thing. Paradise. Uh, yeah, to, they arrested her after him taking a bath. Police also found a large butcher knife on the passenger seat of her car. Yeah. After breaking into his house for a bath. She was later released but failed to appear in court. Um, later escorted aides away from the Scottsdale office building where the man worked. So she just stood outside his work building. And uh, when police asked, uh, police say that aides told the Scottsdale officers that she was the man's wife. It's okay. I'm standing at his work because I'm his wife. <laughs> Um, that's the normal stuff. That's the standard. Right. Right. That's normal. Yeah. Uh, it kind of breaks down into, um, that's the app. After noting similarities between herself and Isaac, which is the man, including having the same birthday, boom, soulmates, <laughs> they're both vegetarians. Well, he was probably a vegetarian. And then she yeah. said she was a vegetarian. That's easily yeah. the, she became obsessed and he felt. He wasn't that- a vegetarian. And then she said about going on about bathing in blood. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, maybe suddenly he's a vegan suddenly his, his, uh, his appetite's gone yeah. um, and felt the couple's similarities and connection to the number 33 meant they were destined for Cupid's arrow <laughs> so it's the number like 23 film basically <laughs> Hitler uh, was a vegetarian wasn't he oh yeah, sorry mate <laughs> she's the new Hitler yeah, yeah it's <laughs> uh, she said she understood why people thought she was crazy but she defended herself by claiming she is the person who discovered love I discovered love. Me. <laughs> yeah. Never existed before me. It doesn't say, but I remember people, um, other articles about it. So thir- number 33 was like, he's aged 33. I think he's born on the 3rd of the 3rd. All those kinds of references. Right. There was something like, he's got two brothers. I've got two brothers. <laughs> Just that, you see, everyone does this where they, 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 they like seeing coincidence. Yeah, yeah, little thing that goes in your head. Like, if you're at a bus stop and someone gets off and you see someone you know, and they, I've just been to Tesco. What? I'm just going to Tesco. Yeah. They're like, that, there's a weird emotional thing where they're like, they're coincidence. Yeah. But add that and then add bathing and blood. <laughs> and then you, <laughs> like, what? You've got two brothers? I've got two brothers. That's so coincidental. <laughs> you live here? Mom, I live Dad, here. Dad, I need another brother. <laughs> yeah, just to get me out of this relationship. <laughs> Uh, she said, finding love, not everything is perfect. This was a journey. And I wanted to apologise because nobody could ever be more sorry. In another med- message, AIDS allegedly wrote, don't ever try to leave me. I'll kill you and I don't want to become a murderer. <laughs> I'll ki- I don't want to, but I will. But I will. <laughs> New Hitler. <laughs> when asked why she sent Isaac so many texts, she claimed it was because it made me find out all my information. 
So she was reconnaissancing this man. <laughs> Loving him selflessly, selflessly brought me this information because everybody just wants to take. But if you just give and you don't stop giving, even if you don't receive, you will all of a sudden receive a lot. And that doesn't mean anything until no. you kind of put it in the perspective of if you stalk someone and you don't stop stalking them, even if they don't love you back, you will all of a sudden find yourself in court. <laughs> <laughs> so I phrased it in my head for yeah. it to make sense. I don't send 500 texts a year. Yeah. A I day. Yeah, I send maybe... Can't have a job. I don't even text a day. No, it's just no. just don't do it. Even like Facebook Messenger, in in I don't really. No, I just talk to my dog, which is fair. <laughs> talk to a real tangible thing. Yeah. Uh, before her most recent arrest, AIDS went to Isaac's place of work and was escorted from the building. Um, uh, here comes AIDS. <laughs> yeah, and busted her in Phoenix. AIDS, who told the police she was a victim's wife, was held without bond. She said, "He's not a victim. I want him to know that I love him." If he wants me to, I'll leave him alone. You sent him 65,000 texts. <laughs> I don't think he... <laughs> yeah. And like, I don't, I, the way it's implied, he didn't respond. She sends me 500 texts a day. I cannot wait to be married to this woman. It's, How much... Like, so when I get a text, I get a notification. Yeah. And then I think it's like a minute later, I get another notification reminding me that I've got a text. Yeah. Um, so, so his phone like buzzes a thousand minutes. times a day. So 500 minutes. Yeah. yeah. 500 minutes. Max between 500 minutes and 1,000 minutes. Yeah. That's a long time. That's like long. Yeah. It's <laughs> like six hours, right? That's right. Yeah. 500 minutes. That's like eight hours. Eight hours and 20 minutes of your phone just constantly buzzing. Just change your number. Why can't he block her number? Well, imagine, I he, imagine he did, but the numbers still go yeah. somewhere. The texts still go somewhere. <laughs> Uh, she said, uh, uh, d- despite her obsession with Isaac, she said he is the meanest person I've ever met. <laughs> you want to bathe in his blood and you took a bath with a butcher knife in your car. Yeah. I think maybe he's off the hook. <laughs> she said her journey was now to go back home to spread the message of love and try and love her ex-girlfriend, her ex-boyfriend. <laughs> well, this boyfriend didn't work out. I'm just going to go back for my ex-boyfriend and try and love him. Yeah, I'm sure he'll want me back. (laughs) Yeah, she faces charges of threatening and intimidating, stalking and harassment, and is being held without bond. So, yeah, she's a little bit crazy, but is she mentally ill? I don't think she's mentally ill. I don't know what you define it. I think an illness has to be defined. Obsessive, like if if you're obsessing over somebody, I guess that could be mentally ill, if you're really obsessing over somebody. But... That could also be something about just being disturbed in general. You just kind yeah. of become fixated and possessive of somebody. I wouldn't find that to be mentally ill. I think mentally ill was more that you struggle to understand things. But like, I don't think she struck. <laughs> I think if someone sent him 65,000 texts and that was it, you could probably say, oh, she probably didn't pick up on the social cues or she didn't understand that you shouldn't send thousands of texts to somebody who doesn't reply yeah but the fact that she said that she's gonna bathe in his blood and then broke into his house and pretended to be his wife and i don't think that's mental illness i think that's yeah it's disturbed or disturbing yeah but it's still criminal and it's still yeah. crazy and it's still sho- shockingly similar to normal human behavior mm. just under a different contextual umbrella yeah so yeah it just seems uh 
It just seems cray cray. And crazy women just always freak me out. So <laughs> I have no, pho- I, I, yeah, I don't think I have any real phobias. Yeah. But there's a few things that trigger me to go a bit like, whoa, 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 what? Yeah. Like that, that level of crazy. And yeah, yeah, that level of crazy, especially because crazy women would affect me more than any other type of crazy. Yeah. A crazy man yeah. is, like, oh, we just fight. Okay. Yeah. I might lose. I'll probably lose, but at least I know what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But yeah. yeah, the crazy manipulation stuff, I just kind of go like, this is insane. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, yeah, that's me for this week. Yeah. Um, uh, police in Ardmore are investigating after a woman was mauled to death by a pack of dash huns. <laughs> mauled by a dog? <laughs> <laughs> mauled by a tiny dog. Oh, really? Oh, I thought Dobermans. Mauled to death by sense. dash huns. Tiny sausage dogs. Oh, okay. <laughs> Uh, Tracy Garcia, 52, was near her home on May 7th when a pack of seven dogs attacked her. She later died in the hospital. Uh, as first responders on the scene tried to help the woman, one of the dogs turned on them. Unfortunately, yeah, we had to shoot one dog. Uh, County <laughs> Sheriff. Uh, Chris Bryant told KFOR it did charge our deputies and to protect our deputies as well as the medical personnel. We did have to put a dog down. I don't think you put it down with a gun. <laughs> I think you just shot a dog. Wild animal. Yeah, Wild. you you kind of have to. I kind of have to agree with. Them I on agree. That one. No, yeah. I'm not. I'm not against it. Yeah. I just think you didn't put it down. <laughs> yeah. You didn't put the dog down. You just yeah. shot it in the face. Yeah. Um, the dogs were all dash hun mixes, according to Ardmore Animal Shelters euthanasia dash technician with bears. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mauling feels like it's purely arm attack for some reason mauling yeah it's it feels like a big animal thing not like swiping with big paws see jurassic park yeah like those tiny dinosaurs that all launched on people at once in a pack like i wouldn't call that a mauling no if you're swarming kind of thing yeah exactly swarmed by your teeth i understand if the dogs use their teeth then i can understand how someone could die because dogs have teeth. Even small dogs have teeth. Yeah. Can penetrate veins. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like scratching? Yeah. Scratched to death by a dog who for some reason doesn't want to bite you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Seems crazy. Yeah. They might just wanted to say mauled to death by dogs. <laughs> uh, none of the dogs weighed more than 40 pounds uh, or were taller than knee high. Um, Feels like they're really judging this victim. I know. <laughs> What, you can't fight off seven 50-pound dogs? <laughs> uh, Neighbours say dogs running loose in the area are a common occurrence. Bryant told Carefoir that uh, in, the ca- in the county area, there's no leash law or, or any rules as to how many dogs a person can have. Do we have those rules over here? Are there a certain amount of dogs that's too many dogs? I don't think so. Yeah, but we do have leash laws. Yes, there you are certain areas where you have lead. to have your dog in your lead. Yeah, but then it's also advised to have your dog in the lead. Yeah, it's, it's weird. Yeah, but yeah, there are leash laws. Oh. Um, yeah, that was it for that one. Um, uh, a concerning new drug taking trend has emerged of people swallowing MDMA with brie. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> hell! How pretentious can drug t- takers become? <laughs> Uh, uh, so a new trend of people taking MDMA after buying their 10th home. <laughs> uh, after only flying business class seven times in a row. 
parties in London are reported to see middle-class women take the synthetic drug <laughs> with the French cheese. The new craze is being dubbed breeing. Um, oh, fuck off. <laughs> the new craze. What? As if one, as if middle-class people have crazes. <laughs> like, I think they just have mediocre evenings. <laughs> I don't think they go on benders. Uh, uh, like, have you ever, have you ever, think, think, think in your mind of a middle class hen party. Yeah. It's like a meal in a nice restaurant after going to the theatre and then seeing a, a butler strip. Yeah. That's how I imagine a middle class <laughs> yeah. hen party to be. Think of a working class hen party. It'd be like, I don't know, in a bingo hall or yeah. whatever, but it would be much more depraved, much more <laughs> yeah. open and, and exciting for and people. And Deirdre squeezed his buttock. <laughs> Let's all go bringing! <laughs> Shut up, Susan. <laughs> Chill the fuck out. You don't need MDMA. <laughs> uh, one 50-year-old businesswoman told the newspaper that she regularly hosts dinner parties where bringing takes place. Uh, I have a strong circle of female friends and we had all tr- we had tried all the latest fads, food, fashions and destination dinner parties, but something was missing. Uh, she said, we did not seem to have as... <laughs> We did not seem to have as much of a laugh uh, then as we as when we were younger. There always seemed to be barriers up between us. So one of our groups suggested that we all take MDMA together so we could open up to each other and improve our friendships. She added, um, our friend had been given a gram of MDMA by her daughter and we had no idea how to take it. Well, I want. I think everyone would be better off with more drug experiences. Yeah, yeah. So no matter who you are, if you feel like you need some walls breaking down, you should explore breaking them down responsibly. Yeah. MDMA is probably going to be fine as long as it's in the right environment. <laughs> not like, Catherine, darling, do you have any MDMA? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure about getting your daughter to become a drug dealer <laughs> just so that you can... <laughs> That seems like the weird line for me. It's like, yeah, do MDMA all you want, but don't criminalise your daughter. <laughs> <laughs> like, just, you know, just find, just go to a nightclub. Yeah. Or find some MDMA. Yeah. <laughs> go to a pub. <laughs> Most pubs have MDMA. I worked in bars where bartenders did cocaine on shift. On the bar! <laughs> <laughs> just, try, there's loads of drugs out there. Go find some drugs. Uh, um... Uh, given MDMA by her daughter and uh, we had no idea how to take it as uh, though some of us had taken coke before we had not taken MDMA uh, I phoned my son who told us not to sniff it but to swallow it so we wrapped up some <laughs> of the powder <laughs> in <laughs> some of the powder in a cigarette paper put it in brie and all took some each um, in cigarette paper? yeah like a Rizzler and then put that in some brie oh and then swallow it yeah made like a bin like a kid who struggles to swallow a pill yeah put it in a which put it in the brie she won't know it's there (laughs) she won't know it's mdma uh uh, nothing uh nothing much happened for 40 minutes and then the colors in the in the rug seemed to be more vivid and before i knew it i was in an in-depth conversation about my fantasy sex life with an old friend it was such an intense experience i'm sure most of us at the party would have uh, at the party have done it with uh, other friends so now wrapping mdma in brie seems to be a thing now um, a year later and I've been invited to breeing parties and uh, people seem to think it was all a, a grand design but I assure you it was not uh, it's such a middle class way to take drugs that's probably why it's taken off 
Another female 45-year-old singles sales manager from Sutton, Surrey, told her negative told her told of her negative experience taking MDMA with cheese. She said, uh, "I thought it was funny. We were all taking we were all taking ease and cheese together, um, and we did have a real laugh at night. But then I came down. Then the come down I had was absolutely terrible. Perhaps because I do not have a partner to go home to and to get a big hug from. So it was worse for me." <laughs> Uh, I still felt incredibly sad on Tuesday night after taking it at the weekend. I'll never be doing it again. But even then, that's personal growth. You've experienced some form of sadness that you hadn't experienced before. You've become a wider spectrum of a person. You know, it's, it's not, you're not necessarily the good experiences that mould you and give you new avenues of your personality. It's like, yeah, you did it. Had a bad drug experience. Well done. You're a more interesting person. <laughs> It's fine. Yeah. If you're alive, you do it responsibly, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. I could I could take drugs with cheese. I could eat most things with cheese. Wasn't there a thing but, about like you, if you ate cheese you had nightmares? It's so, there is there is a weird thing like that. If you eat like <laughs> if you eat heavy dairy products at night, like it's something to do with because it's the cow's way of getting revenge. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember. I can't remember what it is that causes it. I, I think someone told me at some point. Um, something to do with your digestion and how that fucks with your brain. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Um, well, I don't eat much cheese, but I don't really have. You're not a cheese like, person. No, I'm not a prick. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, just like that article. I mean, it's weird to imply that a food is middle class. Like the fact that you're doing it with brie makes it middle class. Yeah. Does that mean that the upper class and the lower class aren't allowed to eat brie? No, it's you know, just that they... Or if they eat brie, they become better better seen in society. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, no, it's just a cheese. It's a yeah. soft cheese. Yeah. That is quite creamy, I guess. Yeah. That's all it is. Yeah. But yeah, there's, you know, I think it's just It does more feel middle class. I don't know why, It's the amount of preparation, I guess. It's the evening dedicated... It, it, that's what it's the same before of like, it's a mediocre evening, desperately trying to be exciting. You're like, <laughs> yeah, but we've got a... We baked it. Yeah. Okay, you left it in an oven for a while. Yeah, but now... <laughs> it's also what they plan on doing. It's like most people yeah. who, who are into MDMA take it for a night out and go and fucking party and sweat buckets and dance and sing and do shit like that all night. Mm. We, we we wanted to take MDMA so we could have better conversations. So <laughs> that we become less reserved. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that I can talk to my friend about what I secretly want to talk to my friend about. <laughs> Just talk about it. It's yeah. Fine. <laughs> no, I need to take my class A drugs. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Fine, whatever you say. That's why I need to break down the walls. Yeah. Uh, this is my last one because you took my pig one. Um, okay. uh, He's a, very sober. <laughs> very. Uh, a barber throws a man who complained about a haircut through a window. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, a man got more than his haircut when an argument with the barber over the style led to the man getting thrown through a glass window. The 33-year-old victim was not satisfied with his haircut on Thursday and threatened not to pay. Uh, in response, the barber at uh, Levels Barbershop in Brooklyn pushed the man who fell through the shop window. He didn't <laughs> see the push coming, and his body weight went through the window. Uh, free... S- his name is Free Small. <laughs> <laughs> the 
Honestly, he was upset for it. He wanted a, you know, an expensive big haircut. And he was like, I'm free small haircut, please. <laughs> the barber. The barber's called free small. And he's okay. 30, he's 39 years old. He's called free. <laughs> I'm free. <laughs> Literally F-R-A-A. Right. Uh, um, another barber at the shop told, da- told Daily News, uh, I would have fixed the dude's hair for him for free, especially if I knew it was going to be a problem. Uh, the barber who pushed the man then fled the shop. <laughs> <laughs> Run away! <laughs> Other barbers at the shop said they uh, they do not know the man's name or how to reach him. What, the guy they threw through a window? They pushed through a window? It's not clear. Like or the barber. <laughs> the victim who was... The victim who has not been identified uh, was taken to a hospital for treatment. So they're not talking about the victim. They're talking yeah, about the barber, this guy that works in our yeah. shop. We don't know him. <laughs> no idea who he is. Yeah. Comes in, gives bad haircuts, and pushes people through windows. Push people through windows and bleeds. I think his name's Free. <laughs> <laughs> My name's Free. God fuck knows what his name is. <laughs> Ironically, his name's Dominic, but we call him Dom, so it's Free Dom. <laughs> His dad's called Papa Dom. <laughs> Look, we're just trying to take a statement. <laughs> Can we stop with all these stupid jokes? We want to know who attempted to murder this man. <laughs> no, but genuinely, my name is Free. Fine. Whatever. <laughs> just whatever. <laughs> Free. And uh, what's his it? Small. <laughs> oh come on! <laughs> just whatever. I want to get off shift. Just your name's Free Small. Just yeah. have it. <laughs> For more episodes, uh, the second they leave our disgusting workstations, head over to www.pullingteeth.audio and remember to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or TuneIn. Maybe all three. Ratings and comments would be nice as well. If you've got any questions or comments, find us on Twitter at Pulling Teeth Pod. For anything more extensive or of a private or personal nature, or if you've got some kind of moral objection to social media, you can drop us an email at podcast at pullingteeth.audio. For more from me, head to stevemilligan.net and find us both on Twitter at singitsteve and at nicksnip. This has been Pulling Teeth. See you next week. <laughs>